Morning, Hope. Will you indulge me for just a quick moment? And um, if you would say, I am loved. Now say it like you know it, or at least you desperately want it. I am loved. And turn to a person to your left or your right and say, you are loved. You are loved. You are loved. I am so keenly aware, particularly maybe because of the work uh, that Kevin and I have been in as we study this week, how desperately we all need to, whether we are on a mountaintop, am I not on? My light's on. Hello. Test. Test, test. There we go. Um, that whether we are in a valley or on a mountaintop. It's, well, we know it's on now, right? Okay, we good? Uh, that uh, we all need to uh, know that we are, are loved and that notion of that love from our Father is something that can carry us through those valley moments and, uh, and stand with us in those mountaintop moments. Yes. Um, as I sat some time back with our um, preaching team and we talked and thought and prayed, we thought this was a great opportunity that we uh, put together a sermon series where we take a look at our, our mission and our vision and our values. And so we're calling it the core. Um, and then uh, Brother Kevin and I are tag teaming our mission statement today um, because we thought our, as our mission to reconcile people to God and to one another in Jesus Christ is an important piece of who we are and what we are called to be about. And so we wanted to kind of try to scratch that out. So um, we're going to be in the book of 2 Corinthians, the fifth chapter, verses 13 through 21. I'm going to have a stand um, as I read this text for us. Um, and as you read along on the screen, we're using the ESV version today. For if we are beside ourselves, it is for God. If we are in our right mind, it is for God. For the love of Christ controls us because we, are, because we have concluded this, that one has died for all. Therefore, all have died. And he died for all that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. From now on, therefore, you know you're in a little trouble when you get a from now on and a therefore. <laughs> we regard one, no one according to the flesh. Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus, uh, thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Amen. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. 
That is, in Christ, God was re uh, reconciling the world to himself and now, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Yeah. Amen. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake he made him, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. May God add a blessing to the reading and the hearing of this, of this word. You may be seated. And so the way we're going to do this, we're going to, uh, we each are taking up points of this message, but there may be some banter back and forth that occurs within each point from us that we each might speak into each other's points. But um, Brother Kevin is going to take up our first point and then we'll go from there. Thank you, T. Um, first of all, let me just say that even if, if Terrence and I we're not doing this this morning. The, the mere fact that we've got to meet together three times and uh, have coffee three times for an hour to two hours every time has been worth, if this message is a bomb, it's been worth it to get to know Pastor T. So I, did, I wanted to say that to you, brother. It's been, it's been a delight, man. I look forward to many, many, many more, more coffee times. I hope you buy once in a while, but... Um, uh, <laughs> I ain't the same. If you want to buy, let him buy. <laughs> so this is point number one for those of us who are note takers. Uh, obviously, the key word in this mission statement is the word reconciliation. And this is what it means. Simply, to restore relationship. And if you'll notice in this passage, if you, whatever translation you're reading, this term is used about five times in two verses. And so... One of the ways you know what somebody's talking about, if they're writing, mm -hmm. is you look at words that are repeated over and over and again, and it's really not that sophisticated. You can figure out the theme. So this whole text is about restoring relationship. Now, this text is primarily about restoring our relationship with God. And if you've hung around the Christian faith at all, and even if you've hung around any spiritual community, because this is a theme in all the world religions, that somehow, whether you're a Hindu person who believes in a million gods or you're a Muslim who believes in a God called Allah, there's something that has broken our relationship with God or those gods. And in the Christian community, we believe, of course, that we worship the true God. And this text is very clear. Sin has broken our relationship with him. Sin is basically us saying, I mean, not to be too um, authentic here, but screw you. My way, not your way. And so that breaks relationship with anyone if we do that in any relationship. And so that, that's first. But secondly, this text alludes to, and there's another text I'll mention that makes it more clear, that this is not a reconciliation in the good news of Jesus and our mission statement is not only about our broken relationship with God that we want to tell people has been restored through Christ, but it's also about our broken relationships through sin with one another. And so if you want to look at this text later, Ephesians chapter 2 uh, talks about the cross of Christ making peace, shalom, restoring harmony between, in that text, it's Jew and Gentile, but it's really referring to all humanity that is broken because of sin. And, and 
In Jesus, God has reconciled them both, or reconciled all of humanity back into one body, and now we're all known, whether we're black or white or uh, Asian or Native American or Latino, whether we're male or female, whether we're uh, from the city or from the suburbs, whether we're educated or uneducated, whether we're tall or whether we're short, he has reconciled in Jesus. He has brought all the brokenness back together in Jesus and restored shalom. The good news of the gospel, which just simply means good news, is we want to tell the world that our relationship to God is no longer broken. We just need to receive the healing and our relationships with one another. We don't have to shoot each other. We don't have to be at odds with folk who are even up in our stuff because Jesus has died to bring us back together. The reconciliation has already occurred. So one of the things we're trying to get I guess across to us this morning that this is absolutely at the core, not only of our mission statement, this peace, reconciliation, the restoration of relationship, but of the whole gospel itself, of the whole story of God pursuing us to draw us back to himself. This is, this is if not the key word, at least one of the key words. Because remember, before sin, remember the last verse, Genesis 2.25, you have Adam that represents us and Eve who represents us, and they were naked, which implies at least physical nakedness, but probably emotional nakedness, more likely. They were naked. They faced each other, had nothing to hide. They were naked and not ashamed. They were living in perfect relational harmony. That, my brothers and sisters, is the kingdom of God. Before the fall, before everything crumbled, God created a world where there was perfect relational harmony. They would not have known the word reconciliation because there was no brokenness. They only knew the harmony. And so I guess what we're trying to say is this, this is no joke. What God has done in Jesus is, is, is brought that potential for that pre-fall world back to us that we can begin to live into now. And we want to suggest this morning that everyone on the planet, whatever else they think they're looking for, they're looking for this. They're looking for relational harmony in their life. Relational brokenness. Can you own this with us this morning? Relational brokenness is the deepest of all breakings in our experience. Just one illustration before I turn it back over to Pastor T., a couple of years ago, I, well, one of my great uncles, my mom and dad were only children, so we didn't have uh, aunts and uncles. We had great aunts and great uncles, and, and one of them had passed, and I was bequeathed some of their uh, books from a long time ago. And I thought, I'm going to read some of what they were reading. This one uncle, his name was, his name was Uncle Irion. Anybody here have a relative named Irion? I've never heard the name before or since, but that was my great uncle. His name was Irion. And he had read, one of the books that he had been assigned in high school was uh, Ivanhoe by Sir Walter Scott, which, by the way, is a fantastic read. So I'm reading through one night. I do my reading in two places. I do it on the Stairmaster, and I do it at night before I go to bed. That's how I read 30 books a year. Those are the only two times I have time to read. So I'm, I'm on chapter 37 of Ivanhoe. And then I see a, a, a pencil who, that wrote the, the name Irion V. Jacob. So obviously this is my uncle. This is his notation in the margin of the, of the book. 
And then I read, it's, it's almost faded after, you know, 80, 90 years. Um, many days alone along life's pathway. And I looked in that chapter for anything that would have, like, was he writing himself a scholastic note so he would know what the chapter, nothing there. This was my uncle, who, by the way, we all thought as kids was a strange man. Come home from work, go up to his room, wouldn't come out except for dinner, went right back up, didn't talk much, didn't, he used to give me packs of clove gum once in a while. But just a strange man. I always thought, Uncle Ariel, man, he's, can I tell you what he felt? He felt alone. My Uncle Erion was looking for reconciliation with himself, with God, and with others, and did not. He was raised in the Christian faith and didn't know where to find reconciliation. What if this morning, in a new way, as Pastor T and I share, and we look at this passage in this great section of this second letter of the Corinthians by Paul, if we got it in a new way, that the heart of the gospel is to restore broken relationship and that we all are looking for it. And the folks out there, they may be acting all like they got it going on or they may be acting out or they may be acting just what we might consider normal, but deep inside, everyone feels the brokenness of relationship and they've got to know that the healing has come in Jesus Christ. And if I could just add, I mean, uh, Pastor Rita in our prayer time this morning was reading out of the book of Ephesians, and she was reading that passage that talked about one baptism and, and, and one body. And, and as she read it, it occurred to me that the word says that, that, that we are one body, that those of us who have taken up faith in Christ, that we are one body. So it's already done. Yeah, it's already it, done. It, it's not something we're working on. It's not something that we're trying to yeah, build. That's right. We are the body of Christ, and that's it is right. done. So that's when right. something gets twisted in the wind, we are outside of the unity that's already been done, and our work is to be reconciled back into the oneness that's already been done by Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. That's right. Our second point. God has done the work of reconciliation. And so we are ambassadors of his reconciliation. Right? In verses 19 and 20, it talks about uh, uh, being committed to us uh, entrusted to us the word, the work of reconciliation. We are ambassadors for Christ. God is pleading through us. Uh, we implore on Christ's behalf to be reconciled. One of the ways we can describe our kingdom role is we are reconciled. Our mission is to take what God has already done in Jesus and announce it. Amen. To pass it on. Amen. Uh, uh, to make sure people, we and other people, embody it. Yes. If you recall, sometime back I was preaching, I can't even remember what I was preaching on, but I used a video clip of this little old lady in, uh, can't remember the country she was in. Uh, uh, but she t- took up and put this label on her house 
that said embassy of heaven. Uh-huh. And, and, and she opened her home to people for whatever reasons, and she would pre- sometimes would prepare a table of snacks and food and drink, and other times she wouldn't, but she would receive people so that if they were in need of prayer, she was available. Amen. She was 86 years old. It just, it just blew me away that she took up this task of being an ambassador for heaven. Amen. Amen. And this, this is something that took her past the pew. Yeah. We can be ambassadors to one another, which is a great, great thing. Yeah. But being an ambassador of heaven means we take that pass the pew. Amen. Amen. Now, now uh, if we were to ask the question, well, how do we even begin to live that out? We have the model, right, in terms of what God did for us to reconcile us to himself. And it comes in four parts. He, he, we were enemies. There was a sacrifice. There was love. Oh, let me get the last one. And there was faith. So, we wouldn't call one another enemies necessarily. We wouldn't call somebody else necessarily an enemy. But when we are, have brokenness from this restored, reconciled one body, then there's something that is at work that is an enemy that needs to be done away with. Mm-hmm. Yes. It could be a misspoken word. It could be a mistaken action. It could be a, a, a misthought. It could, it could be whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. But that enemy has to be done away so that we can be reconciled to one another as it has already been done for us. That might mean then we might need to sacrifice something in order for that to happen. Yes. Maybe maybe Mm -hmm. it's our own pride. Maybe maybe I've been deeply offended and, um, and, and, and somehow I have to deal with that offense. Mm-hmm. But there has to be something that has to be sacrificed in that work. Mm-hmm. Uh, it all is wrapped up in love, right? Mm-hmm. Like that that, yes. that if for some reason my brother Kevin has offended me or I've offended him because of the work of Christ and because of our commitment to yes. that work that already has been done, my love has to supersede the very thing that is offending me so that we can be right and walk in this world together. Amen. That's right. That's right. And then lastly, we might have to step out in faith. Mm -hmm. Because the one in which we may go to might not receive us. And maybe we might even have a sense they might not receive us. But I can't find anywhere in Scripture where it says that we, didn't, we do not go anyway. Yes, that's right. That's the right. hope and the prayer is as we humble ourselves and we come to one another, it will be received and accepted because we have done it the right way and we have been called to it by our right God out of his righteousness. Amen, amen. And so we have to sometimes step that out amen. in faith. It is, it is all, it's all being in a state of peace, this, this harmony that God so deeply desires, uh, desires for us. We can't be passive in this. 
as his reconcilers, we cannot be passive in this. Because in the text, you, you, you might recall the word saying we have been entrusted with the ministry of reconciliation. It means that we have been given the task, the job to, to live out this, 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 this ministry of reconciliation. Mm-hmm. And in fact, God doesn't have a plan B. That's right. You the plan. Yeah, that's right. We the plan. That's right. If we don't do it, if we, if we don't take this past the pews, people don't get to see how this, this, this supreme, this, this great God who reconciles us to himself, they don't get to see that operating. Remember the word says they will know who sent us by our love for one another. Amen. Now, this is not a task list that I'm asking us to consider. This is an overflow of what has been done for us that we live this out. That's right. That's that right. it comes bursting forth out of us. Yeah. We, we sang that last song of being so loved by God and knowing it. Yeah. It is knowing that that love so washes over us and deeply within us that it cannot be contained in these earthly vessels, that it must come flowing from someplace. Amen. It must come oozing out where it starts hitting other folks upside their head. Amen. You know, before he moves on to part three, because he's got two and three and I got one and four, can I just add yes. this little story that occurred to me late last night? And it, it's about the word embodiment, because obviously sometimes we think about sharing a word of reconciliation. The words have to be spoken. Mm-hmm. They have to be spoken. But can I tell you, my sense is, and T and I talked about this this week, the world, they need to, they need to see a little more action around those words. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it, it, what occurred to me was a story that you've heard me refer to. Um, and I've got this article. I should copy it so you can have it in your files because it's mm-hmm. just amazing. It's about this young lady named Keisha Thomas who 22 years ago, there was a Klan rally in Ann Arbor. Some of you remember me telling this story before. But I'm, for those of you who haven't heard it, I'm going to tell it again. Um, and she was just on her way to class or something. And... One of her friends, who was an African-American young lady, uh, Keisha is also African-American, this friend had been coming from the Klan rally, and she had to go to class herself, and she had a bunch of rocks, put them in uh, Keisha's hand, and said, you know, basically throw some for me. But Keisha, for T's point, was a follower of Jesus who knew the love of God for herself. So the article, the, the interview the interviewer says that Keisha said, yeah, I immediately threw those rocks on the ground. I had every reason humanly to throw them, but I threw those rocks on the ground because of what Christ has done for me. So she went over to the rally just to kind of see what was going on and maybe to try to give some, something of peace. By the time she got there, a Klansman, for whatever reason, had been thrown on the ground, stumbled and was on the ground, and folks were all over him, kicking, taking signs and beating him. And Keisha, without thinking, because that love was so in her, she didn't like to have a private, she didn't need a prayer meeting about this. She didn't need to go find a Bible verse. Uh, she is an ambassador. Yeah. She, her house, her body is an embassy of the kingdom of God. She immediately, without thinking, 
threw herself on the uh, battered body of that Klansman. African-American sister had every right to uh, claim her enemy status with this brother who hated her simply because of the color of her skin. But because of Christ, are you, are you getting this? It's only because of Christ. It's only because of Christ. It's only because of Christ. Christ in her, the hope of glory, yeah. she threw herself on that, on that brother and immediately the crowd backed off. Both parties backed off. Mm. So, mm. As I understand it, yeah. the, the thing, the protest... Uh, uh, the Klan rally dispersed. This article was noting, in conclusion here, that 22 years later, she had just received uh, a Facebook message a few months before from the Klansman's son, who said that that Klansman told that son that story for years and years. And, the, and this son said to Keisha, the reason I'm not in the Klan today is not because of anything you said, but because of what you did mm. for my father. Mm. And then he said, I mean, this is no joke, my brothers and sisters. This is some real power. Uh, then he said, can we hang out? They got together. They had coffee tea. And the, at the end of this article, it said they had just come back from Flint, where this African-American sister and this white brother, former Klansman's son, hand in hand, had gone to Flint to help mitigate together the water crisis, mm. which was another piece of hell being enacted on earth. Mm. Are you kidding me? What you're hearing, that look, this is our mission statement. Yeah. It is no joke. It can't just be talked about. It mm. has to be embodied. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. That leads us into why is this so important. Why is this ministry of reconciliation being reconciled to God and being reconciled to one another in Christ. Why is it so important? God has already opened the door of reconciliation with him through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. But it's important because it has to be announced. And in fact, I stand before you uh, only because someone entered my life and pronounced the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. They told you. Now, yeah. now, I want you to hear. Now, there's many ways that we attempt to help bring people to Christ. And it is, it is all good. I mean, it's, we can go through the scripture. We can go use the Roman road and we can make that work. And that's, that's absolutely fine. But I want to tell you that that's not necessarily how God works. He may work that way, but that ain't the only way he works. Because for me, as a person who gave his testimony and then spoke the word of just asking the question of, is there anybody who wants to receive Christ? He said a great many things about receiving Christ. The only thing that I heard was God say to me that he would love me no matter what. It was a thing in the very moment that my heart was ready to receive. That's what brought me into the kingdom of heaven. Only because that person was willing to pronounce, to speak, this ministry of reconciliation with God. There is no other reason, no other reason I'm standing before you. My God. But by, because of that, because I receive that announcement. Can I, when T told yeah. me this story, he said, I don't remember all the details. <laughs> he only remembered that, he only remembered that the guy said, do you want him? And that God said to you, he didn't give you the four spiritual laws. God didn't in your mind. He just said, I got you. He, he, the guy didn't lay it out 
at least in my mind. And he, God didn't come behind him and lay it out either. You mm-hmm. said you didn't remember any of that except God said, I got you and I love you. Mm-hmm. And he said, yes. Mm-hmm. And for what it's worth, I was, you've heard me tell the story. I was five, sitting in the back row of a church just like this, couldn't mm-hmm. remember a thing the guy said that day, but somehow, so if that mm-hmm. guy wouldn't have that day thought, not every kid is mm-hmm. coloring in the hymn books. And if he wouldn't have said it the best he could, not just to the grown people, but to the children, I wouldn't be standing here today. Point being, if, mm-hmm. if we don't say it, if we don't embody it, how do we expect folk to know about it? When people live unreconciled and we're like, look at those folks, they're just hating on each other. Maybe it's because they don't know. Maybe it's because they've never seen. Maybe it's because they've never heard. Yeah. 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 It is... Um... We have a great opportunity. My, my. We, it, it's, like, it's like if you put somebody in a dark room and tell them to go turn on the light. And you don't tell them where the light switch is. <laughs> Come on, man. But you expect them to find the light. You might even yell at them. Find a light. Find the light. Yeah. It's on that wall over there. But unless we step in and click the switch, pronounce the truth, Amen. then God goes to work. Come on. Theology is good. Doctrine it's good. is fine. It's good. But at the end of the day, what every single person absolutely needs to hear is that they are loved in a miraculous way that goes far beyond... Anything that they have ever and may ever, ever experience. That's right. That's right. That even as we experience love for one another, there's going to be some level of brokenness that happens. Why? Because I'm broken. That's right. But God isn't broken. And when I heard God say to me that he would love me no matter what, this kid who so desperately needed to know he was loved because I had not heard those words from anybody who should have said it to me. Yes. So when I heard it from God, I jumped on it. Come on. I was like a pit bull with a fat bone. (laughs) See, God has also reconciled us to one another through Jesus Christ. And, and, uh, and, 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 and we embody that. We embody that. This is not, as, as Kevin said earlier, it's not just about, about race. It's not about gender. It's not about you or me. It's about what God does. I mean, we live in a time where, 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 where deaths are, people are getting killed by phenomenal rate. Yeah. Marriages are falling apart by a phenomenal rate. Yes. That I mean, even in myself in this very moment, know that I have mama issues that I got to go deal with this afternoon. Come on. Yes. Something I said that my mom didn't want, want to hear caused the friction, and now I got to go deal with that. Mm-mm. But I don't want to deal with it because... It is not that I'm choosing to deal with it because in my own thing, I'm just like, you could just call me. Mm-hmm. 
I don't know exactly what I said that hurt. Hmm. You could just call me. You're the mom, right? You're the mom. Yeah, yeah come on. <laughs> She's in her 80s. Come on now. You live longer than me. Come on. But because of this thing that I have called the love of God. That's it. Mm-hmm. I am convinced and convicted that I have to make the call. That's right. Without the ministry of reconciliation to God and to one another, then we are just playing games. Come on, man. We're just playing games. And if we think church, Hope Community Church, if, you, if we think that it's just about us here, come on, then we are lost. That's right. And if we don't live this out, then we are missing the target. Every single time. Amen. Amen. Every single time. You know, it occurs to us that when we say the Lord's Prayer, you know, we, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven, give us a dinner. What, what do those words mean? Yeah. I think what we're trying to say is when we say thy kingdom come, thy will, thy will be done, it's this. Right. And, and, and add in, through, start here, Lord. Let me be reconciled. T just said it. If I can't go to my own mother, even though she should be coming to me, then what do I really have to share but words out here? But if the love of Christ washes over me to the point that when I say thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth right now as it is in heaven through me with my mother who should be coming to me. If, if we're not, when we pray the Lord's prayer, this is what we're praying for, for that kind of healing. Uh, because his kingdom is about that kind of healing. Mm-hmm. You know, we get all upset, do we not, when the world doesn't do right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The Sermon on the Mount says we are salt. Mm-hmm. If the world's still rotten, it's not on them. It's on us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If the world's still dark, we are the light of the world. Yeah. This, is, this is no joke. This is why we're here this morning, not just to mm-hmm. revel in it, but to take it outside these walls. Here's the last thing I want to share before we allow uh, Kevin to to bring our final point. Ignoring reconciliation is not only uh, uh, dismissing forgiveness, uh, but it also leads to annihilation and loneliness. Right? We have so many people who are living in that space. They are. Mm -hmm. Where we, the body of Christ, who have been unified, have to enter those spaces with people. We must. Because they shouldn't live in those spaces. We talked about, Pastor Pam led us in prayer over, over this person that wanted to commit suicide and how so many people are living in that space. Yes. At the core of that, no matter what the situation is, and I know the situations are far and vast and deep and all of those different mm-hmm. things. Core pieces, the feeling alone. Come on now. Like nobody deeply cares for them. Amen. And to push it just a bit, even a bit farther, that, that no one really loves them. Yes. That they are not worth being here on this earth. Amen. Which is a lie from the pit of, of hell. hell. Amen. Amen. That's right. So finally, just to land the plane, um, 
And you know, sometimes there's a long landing strip, so just be patient. <laughs> just teasing. <laughs> but I'm hurt that you... <laughs> So this goes on and on. You know the Lord's saying, take it around one more time. Take it around one more time. So stay close because you're going to tell a story here in a minute. Um, What does it look like to be an ambassador of reconciliation? Because all of this has been theory, a few stories we've told, but what does it look like? First, we must be motivated and empowered by the love of Christ. You know, T alluded to this earlier, but if you want a passage, the, 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 one of the key linchpins of this passage, 2 Corinthians 5.14, for the love of Christ compels us. Yeah. And that particular Greek word um, apparently has, like if, if you've got a pinhole through which you have to get something through, that Greek word apparently has the, the force of whatever, whatever's going on up here in the funnel it's trying to impel or compel that thing, that entity, to go down right through this pinhole. There's that kind of uh, focus. It's the love of Christ that compels us to not be distracted by other strategies and goals, but to move toward this kingdom goal of the kingdom heart of our God who came all the way to earth to reconcile us to himself and to one another at great, great cost. It is the love of Christ that compels us. I am astounded today at the number of books that are in our culture, our Christian culture, that are about how we need to love, but don't say a whole lot about how we have to know that love. And I'm thinking of a couple of very respected colleagues of mine. I don't know them. I know of them. Um, These are really good books, like uh, Love Does by Bob Goff. That's a really good book. It's about getting out and loving. And uh, Francis Chan wrote a book, a very good book, called Crazy Love. It's about being radical in the way we love. Mm -hmm. But this is what really burdens me. The implication is, we can just come up with that. Like with 250 years of racism, we can just kind of just, oh, really? Thanks for telling me. I need to love the haters. So I'm just going to go do it now. I just didn't know. If I'd have known before, I would have done it. Or in the Native American community where, where America broke 950 out of 1,000 treaties. Oh, really? Now I'm a Christian. I just know I should go love those haters. Can I just tell you, I can't even get through an argument with a close friend because I need to be right because I'm feeling shame and I feel exposed. And if you're going to ask me to love someone who's up in my stuff, who has hurt me, my community, and and has never repented, then I have to have something that comes from somewhere beyond me or I'm not going to do it. And so in my opinion, the reason that the church... The church, the church universal is not reconciled today. That we don't see, you know, we see, you know, multicultural churches, it's become a thing now. Yeah, multicultural church, Pastor. Fine. I, I mean, I guess that's better than not. But this is not a fad. 
This is not like a little, in fact, I even resent the phrase multicultural churches because it implies that certain churches get to be just about one group of people, that there really has been no reconciling work of Jesus that has brought us all together. So even the phrase multicultural churches says we're a special kind of church. No, that is the church where everyone is able to come and feel at home because the cross has leveled the playing field. So my brothers and sisters, I can only say if we are going to be about this at Hope Community Church, the first piece of work is right here. Where is my brokenness still keeping me from experiencing that love that Terrence Wash said washes over us that is compelling him to call his mother, the compelled Keisha Thomas to fall on that clansman? Because if we don't know that love, this is going to be a nice first Sunday of 2019 and a nice sermon And you'll go out saying, ain't that special? Had a nice special sermon. And we will not do jack. The only thing that takes us to that 7-Eleven where tears begin to run down our face, looking at the person who's giving us a cup of coffee because they look and feel and seem to give an ambiance of brokenness, the only thing that will allow us to connect with them there instead of saying, you know what, just give me my Coke, man. I got stuff to do is the love of Christ. That will not let us pass by literally almost one human being without wondering, do you know? Do you know? Do you, do you know? Do you know that the work's been done? That you're restored? All is well. Um, yeah. I'll give one little illustration. So I read this book a while back. It's called Love Alone is Credible, written by a, maybe one of the main scholars in the Roman Catholic Church in the 20th century, Hans Urs von Balthasar. Love Alone is Credible. It's an incredible book. And on the front piece, there's an etching. I may have told this illustration before, sorry. I'm, I'm old and I can't remember what I've said and where I've said it. It, the etching, it's on a wall, like, a, like you can see it, can't you, T? It's, mm-hmm. it, you all know the sacred heart of Jesus? Have you seen the picture of, in Roman Catholic churches of Jesus and that you've got this beating heart here of love for the world? It's an etching of the sacred heart of Jesus and Jesus standing there with his hands and his heart right there in the middle on this, this stone wall. You know where they found this etching? one of the holding rooms at Auschwitz. Someone who knew they were going to get gassed. Where they should have been writing curses and scratching at those walls because of desperation. Somebody in that room knew about the love of Christ. And They were loving the SS and loving Hitler even as that hatred was taking them to their own deaths. Only love is credible. Only the love of Christ will compel us. What that love does, again, it motivates our hearts toward others. If you can put the next one up, Megan. 
It's that love that breaks our hearts for others and moves us toward them with a message of reconciliation, even when we don't want to go there. T's got a story to tell you about this in his own journey. Um, uh, you, you may have gotten wind of uh, something that occurred in Minnesota a couple of years uh, back. A young man named uh, Philando Castillo got shot. Uh, that, that happened a couple few miles away from where I live in a first ring suburb of St. Paul. And so when it happened, of course, um, uh, there was lots of conversations. I had conversations with colleagues, um, and they're um, in the midst of that. Uh, one of the colleagues who, who happened to be Caucasian, we're, we're talking about that. And I have never taken the stance of that, um, uh, that the police force is, is, is wrong, that, that they're no good. I've taken the stance of there's, there's something happening within the police force that is, is, is not quite right, and we need to discover what that is. And so we're having this conversation uh, about that and how we keep seeing these types of things taking place across the country. And um, so this particular colleague of mine um, pushed back and said, well, show me the statistics of that this is a real issue, and then, then I will, will believe that there is something going wrong within our police forces across the country. Uh, in that very moment, he wasn't willing to, like, step into the moment with me and hear my pain. Here's the ironic thing. Our sons were, are about the same age, and they were each beginning to uh, work towards getting their driver's license. When that particular shooting happened, I went home and talked to Elijah about now, if you get stopped, here's how you need to be. Here's where your hands need to be. Here's what you need to say. Here's where you need to make sure your license is. And before you go reach for your license, announce you are reaching for your license. Amen. It's over here. I had that conversation, and I looked at him. I said, now, have you, did you have to have that conversation with your son? But he wanted the statistics Rather than step in the moment with me as a person of color who is feeling this pain for our community. Amen. Amen. I share that with you because this thing ain't easy. Amen. This is hard work. Yes. And to be perfectly frank, if we don't feel that it's hard work, we ain't doing the work. Because it ain't easy. It's not easy for that colleague to make the decision to step into those moments. Yeah. And it's not easy for me to, to, to share those moments for the sake of us growing forward together. Yes. It's hard work, yes. this ministry of reconciliation. Yeah. Right? It doesn't have to be something that deep. It can be just as simple as a misunderstanding. It's still hard work to be willing Amen. to sit and listen and have someone possibly say to you, here's how you offended me. Here's how you hurt me mm. without going to your defense department. Amen. Amen to that. And so that, that takes us to the very last practical thing. And this really is uh, landing gear down. Um, practical steps start by loving enough, someone enough to listen to and feel their story. Mm -hmm. 
and you've heard us preach on this verse before. This is the verse out of 1 Peter. Um, do you have a verse there, Megan? I think you do. 1 Peter chapter 3. Here's a call to reconciliation. Be of one mind. In the body of Christ there in Asia Minor, be of one mind. Start by, and this is my translation of a Greek word named called, it's, it's sympathes. It means to feel with each other. Mm-hmm. Start by feeling with and for one another. So, um, to close, I mean, I had so many stories, but, but, but I'll just tell this one. I had a friend, um, and, and again, this is not just about race. This is about every piece of brokenness. Racism is one piece of that brokenness. Mm-hmm. If we, we start talking about gender brokenness here today, about how men and women don't take much time to feel with one another, I have... I brought some notes from my daughters today. Um, I, I did a, a gender conference, and I said, ladies, would you please send me an email about how you are feeling uh, about being maybe not heard or not listened to by men? And it is amazing. My one daughter, my youngest daughter, had, had a guy that, she, I mean, she's 28 years old. She's a professional dancer. You know Caroline. She grew up in this church. She's amazing. She had a young man tell her that she wasn't ladylike enough. Mm-hmm. And i got to tell you, man, even as I'm standing here right now, if the love of Jesus doesn't wash over me this minute, mm-hmm. I'm going to go book a flight. Right now, that, see how quickly it can happen? I'm like, forget Jesus. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying. I'm just, this is my girl. Mm-hmm. She said, Dad, what would it be like? Have you, can you imagine some lady telling a, a man that's not manlike? You know, if you're quiet, well, you should be more manly and talk more. You know, she, they were saying she wasn't ladylike enough because she expresses her opinion. Oh, boy, don't get me going. But I, what I'm trying to say is this is not just about race. The enemy is a divider. He's a destroyer of relationship because our God is relational, and he created us to express his glory in relationship. So it's everywhere. i tell you just this one last little thing. Um, so there's a church out in California pastored by my best friend. And there was an African-American sister that used to go there when the church was downtown in L.A. The church moved out to the suburbs. She came for a while, pretty much stopped coming. And and I'm not blaming here. I'm just reporting. And she and I got close. I went and talked uh, to their church, and we talked about reconciliation and about relationship. And she wrote me a letter, and we were talking about issues that she was feeling living in L.A. She lives in the Watts, by the way. And she, this paragraph is what I wanted to read to you. Many years ago, one of the missionaries from this church asked me what it was like to be African-American. I took a long time in our country. She said, I took a long time to think about it. One word. Expendable. She says, now thank God that I have value in his eyes. But even in 2017, to my amazement, it still feels like as a community we're expendable. And that will not change. This hurt me, but I had to feel it with her. That will not change until Jesus returns. Mm, yeah. Can, can we take that as some kind of a... I, I felt that like, well, Christ... I can't change it, everyone, but change it through me. Mm -hmm. I'm not 
huddled in a cave waiting for the rapture. Neither is T. Neither are you, hopefully. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. So no human being on the planet feels expendable. But all feel through us the way we embody it. Because we know it personally, that they are loved and valuable and destined for the kingdom of God. If we don't feel this with folk, the minute you f- have a conversation with someone who is not you, and that in- means everyone, because nobody's you but you, and the minute they share something, if you start to philosophize and come back with your mm-hmm. defense strategy about why their narrative is not like yours and how you need to convince them that mm-hmm. so that you don't feel so uncomfortable, then can I tell you, this is what's happened in the relationship. Mm-hmm. The opposite of reconciliation. But when you pause and say, Father, you've got me. Mm-hmm. I'm feeling a little weird right now, but you've got me. Your love has me. Mm-hmm. Center me, Lord. Take mm-hmm. my love to this human being. Let me be with them like you are with me, like Jesus is with all of us. And at that moment, if you step in and say, I feel you, brother. I feel you, sister. And allow the tears to run down your face. You have just made a brother. You have just made a sister. I don't care what divided you before. When you feel with someone, according to the word of God, mm-hmm. you begin to embody reconciliation. Mm-hmm. So, T? Yeah, so, as Kevin said, landing gears, yeah, we're about to hit the ground. <laughs> but the way we thought that we would try to close is uh, not wrap it up with, a, with, with us speaking some, some kind of concluding word, but rather... Um, allow you, if you have any, a, a question to ask. We'll do our best uh, to answer it. It, it, it. it won't be perfect. It'll be broken, but something to come from us, right? Don't you think? Something. <laughs> something, something. So, on, on the basis of what you've heard this morning about our mission of being reconcilers, being reconciled to God, is there a question? Yes, sir. No, 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 it doesn't. Can I, yeah. can I, I get well, a verse? I got too, okay, so, go, well, go. So we're going to tag team this. The, the, first, the first piece is um, getting, getting ourselves to the place of being willing to see others who are different from ourselves as um, uh, not even past even that they have value, but that my life is more complete with them than without them. Hmm. Right, and I'm I'm saying that to you as a person who, when I went to college, I went to I went to college. At, uh, there there were ten people of color, right? So it was a little easier for me because there were a whole lot of white folks around me. <laughs> it's a little easier. However, because of some things that were happening, I could have walked away, but I stayed. So it's so the practical step for me is, and I think I've said this in in, in this church before. Uh, it, it's not hard for me to come among white people, right? Because here we are. It's not hard for me to come among black folks. Here we are. I do struggle with growing relationships with Latino folks, 
and Asian folks. So I need to figure out how I can get myself into spaces where I'm going to encounter more of them, right? Not for the sake of, oh, look, I got this friend, but because I believe yes. who they are is a piece of who I can Amen. be. Amen. That's good. And I'm, That's good. A, I, I, I'm, I, I, I'm missing out without them. That's good. That's good tea. So to partner with him, um, I think it's fascinating that in one of Jesus' final words to his disciples before he died, and in fact, one commentator says this is the closest thing to an ethical command in the entire Gospel of John. So with that context, hear this. Jesus says, John 15, as the Father has loved me, so love I you. Now, Sam Simpkins, Kevin Butcher, Terrence Rollerson, for the rest of your life, this is, this is it, this is it, this is it. If you're going to live reconciliation, this is it. Abide in my love. Your question brings to the surface why Jesus said that. Because this is not like, yeah, I know he loves me. It's like making a choice to literally swim in it. To be grounded in it. Paul says rooted and grounded in that love. It is to be everything in our lives. It's not a slice of the pie. It's the pie. Yeah. And if we're not swimming in it because of brokenness, because of rebellion, because of wound, because we've never been taught that, we're so busy memorizing the Bible or whatever Christian thing we're doing that we forget Jesus said, whatever, you've got to abide in my love or you will be like in one second. You won't even care. Um, I think that is, that's why T stayed at the college because he'd heard the word of, I love you and I've got you, son. And he was abiding in that love or he wouldn't have stayed. And so that's how we can be present and feel with somebody who's up on our stuff. We don't even agree with what they're saying. They're not even saying it nice. We can stay there because the love of, we are, we are swimming in the powerful love of Christ. And I think connected to that is knowing that we don't have to now, okay, we've heard this message, I really resonate with it, so let me get on my giddy up and let's see if I can really work this out, live this out. Trust that we have a God who, again, so loves us and, and knows this aspect of what he's calling us to, will arrange and orchestrate opportunities. And, our, and we have to have our heavenly antenna up. Mm-hmm. And ready to engage. Amen. So it's not so much I have to go find as much as I got to be ready. Present too. Yeah, be yeah. present too. Yeah, yeah. You had a question right behind Sam? I think it was you. Okay. Yes. Uh-huh. I'm just being honest. And it, sometimes it gets 
I think what Angie is illustrating yeah. is that, I, I'm sorry, go ahead. Well, I just got to quickly say, one, wear the shoes. Wear the shoes. But also, Scripture gives us a, 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 a weapon of sorts in the midst of stuff like that. Well, two things. One, it's okay if you ever feel like you need to step back and get re-equipped, right? I don't always want to be at the table. There's plenty of times in my life where I was like, you know, I'm through being the guy. And it's okay. And you go back and you let God do what he needs to do in us and then come back to the table. Um, but a piece of that scripture tells us to love people. And for those people who are kind of at odds with us, it, it, it ends up being somewhere I read it ends up being like heaping hot coals. When we love them compassionately and radically. That's good. That's good. And I was just going to say, I think Angie's question illustrate every one of us today could have an, an Angie story on some level. Mm-hmm. Well, not necessarily, James, but this is what I was going to say. And what happens is, like, we can start unpacking every detail of every story. Well, I would have said this, mm-hmm. and you need to apologize for saying that. Oh, at that point, I think you did the right thing. Now, that time, I'm not sure. I mean, we could unpack that and... Who knows even, right? Who knows sometimes? So this is why Jesus says, in my view, abide in my love because my love will compel you. Remember 2 Corinthians 5, 14. My love will compel you toward whatever love dictates at the moment. Love might dictate you're not going there unless you come through me. Not because I hate you, but because I love you. Love might dictate, take a break. Love might dictate, who knows what love will dictate. But I think rather than analyze every particular thing, because sometimes it, there's like, it seemingly there's five different things we could do that could be Christian-y. Mm-hmm. Father, I want to be so connected to your love that in this moment when this hate, misunderstanding, baggage, whatever is coming at me, your love will show me what to do, and will give me the power to do it. Does that make sense? Otherwise, literally, we could go till, till next Sunday, and every one yeah. of us could have a session where we unpack our thing, and thank you for bringing up a specific illustration, because we've all got them, yeah. but only the love of God in that moment, because many times we stand there alone. Oh, no, mm-hmm. we don't stand there alone. Mm-hmm. Jesus, yeah. the abiding Jesus stands there, and if we get to learn that he's there whispering in our ear, I'm telling you, that love will change the world. Even if those folk don't hear it, it will begin to change the world. We need to get on to, okay, one more question, then we got to get to communion. It's not your fight. Is that what you said? Mm-hmm. But sometimes love could mean I tell a hard truth to somebody. Yeah. 
Love might dictate that I tell a hard truth. Mm-hmm. I may have to really, you know. Can I just say this too, yeah. T? I come back one Sunday and we're back at noon again. Isn't it great? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but what you don't know is now you're going to have to deal with my wife because of the children. Yeah, that's a good point. So I'll go sit over here. <laughs> 